Hey, and welcome back to Peek Behind the Curtain. My name is Vince Carone, and I am a comedian from Chicago, Illinois. I've been doing comedy since May of 2001, bringing laughs all around the country, headlining across the country. I normally wouldn't do this big of an introduction because this would be a week-to-week podcast, except I have been absent for a year from the podcast. And uh, the reason behind it is actually quite simple and logical. It's because I've been lazy. Uh, Really what happened here is in uh, March of 2020, the entire country shut down. We all went into quarantine due to the coronavirus. And while that would have been a perfect time sitting at home doing nothing to record a boatload of podcasts, I actually took that time to uh, relax with my family and just kind of catch up on life that I haven't been able to catch up on uh, due to being on the road for the past 20 years. So while I could chalk a lot of it up to laziness, I could also chalk some of it up to some much needed time getting back to myself and taking a a forced break when the rest of the comedians across the country were also forced to take a break. So there was no reason to feel like I was getting left behind or left in the dust or not pulling my weight. Um, But I'm glad to say uh, now, a year later, we are getting back to normal. Um, I am now fully vaccinated as of about a month ago. And, uh, you know, vaccination, uh, it's it's a choice by choice basis. I don't judge anybody who uh, who does it or does not do it. But for me, it was uh, it was worth doing. I have an autoimmune condition. You can go listen to that uh, episode of my podcast, Misdiagnosed with Cancer. And uh, my son also has asthma. And so it was really important for my family to stay safe throughout all of this and uh, and to get vaccinated as soon as we could. The uh, first dose that I got of getting vaccinated was uh, from uh, Pfizer. They were both of Pfizer, but uh, the first dose of Pfizer I got, uh, I got it, and I like it. Not only did the shot hurt, which doesn't usually hurt me, but I actually felt all the medicine actually going into my arm. I actually felt it like pulsing through my body. It was the craziest feeling. I can't really explain it. I actually felt it like taking hold, and uh, then I got like uh, kind of dizzy and nauseous as I was sitting there waiting uh you know the 15 minutes before I left and I'm a bit of a of a of a worrier to begin with so I didn't know how much of it was just psychosomatic and me just uh being in my head and how much of it was accurate but I know I felt off and uh, I went up to um the national guard there and I said hey I'm feeling nauseous and he said okay and I was like okay well uh, I was told to let you know if I feel weird of any reason. He said, well, let me go have you talk to this lady. So I went and I chat with, uh, with a nurse there, and she said, yeah, nausea is not really one of the symptoms we're looking for, so I think you're going to be okay. And uh, then I kind of calmed down, so it leads me to believe it was psychosomatic. But I still felt kind of dizzy and off kilter uh, for the rest of that day. And for about a week after that, I kind of started getting these like weird spells of, uh, of uh, dizziness or just really disorientation. And uh, it just kind of scared me because, you know, you didn't know uh, if and when it would go away. But of course it did. And then uh, three weeks later when I had to go back, now I've got the, the panic in my, in, my, uh, in my psyche. And so now I'm starting to go there and I'm getting like, a little bit of a panic attack. And my wife knows that I'm having a panic attack a little bit. So uh, uh, I go into I go I go walk through and I'm I'm sitting down in a chair to get the shot like almost immediately after walking in and my wife calls right at that moment she's like hey did you get the shot I'm like they're actually putting it in my arm right now and when they did I didn't feel anything at all didn't feel the medicine didn't feel anything and so it made me feel a little bit better so I walked over to go sit down in the chair and wait my 15 minutes and my wife was talking to me and I was like hey you know what I'm good uh, I'll let you go I feel okay and she's like why don't we talk just to make sure you're all right you know, being very concerned about me, which was great. And uh, I said, you know, I'm going to be fine. It's not really a big deal. And then uh, I hear, uh-oh, and I look over and some lady just just collapses and smacks the ground. And then they drag her off behind a curtain. 
and uh, she she was okay. Uh, end of the story. Spoiler alert. She was okay, but uh, I watched her just hit the deck, and I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll talk to you for a little bit uh, longer. So uh, that was my vaccination story, but all good after that. Didn't have any uh, side effects. A little bit, little tired, and that was about it. But um, but here I am. I'm back, and uh, I'm going to be uh, doing my podcast again, ongoing. So peek behind the curtain. A life of a comedian. Pulling back the curtain, giving you the highs and the lows and all the points in between. I'm going to continue the last episode. Uh, I left everybody on a cliffhanger. My last episode, the last topic I did about a year ago was Life is a Gamble Part 2. And today will be Life is a Gamble Part 3, Winning and Losing $10,000. So before we get into that, make sure that you've subscribed to my social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all of them at Vince Carone or Vince Carone in the URL. Uh, I got the the original, the OG on all of them. So go check it out and let's get started with this week's episode. My goals in my life are to be a good father, to be fuck you. <laughs> So the reason I'm single. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> yeah, because your wife stopped fucking me for free. <laughs> you guys ready to see your headline tonight? And shouldn't you guys be like the exhibits at a pro-choice rally or something? Welcome to stage the very funny things career! All right, so here's what we've covered so far, and uh, some time has lapsed in here. So since we've last talked, I've uh, I've celebrated a two-year anniversary on March 25th this year of being sober from gambling. I've had a gambling addiction uh, my whole life, probably stemming back to when I was 11 years old and gambling on my baseball card collection by playing uh, poker for baseball cards. And so I've talked about that in the first few episodes. We've talked about how my gambling addiction might have started. We never really know. We talked about how I got hooked through sports betting, through learning how to count cards in blackjack, through learning poker and reading books on poker, uh, and then my first of 30 plus times in Vegas. And so that's uh, that's kind of where it leads us into today, winning and losing $10,000. Uh, multiple times, mind you. So before I can get into uh, my biggest blunder um, that, uh, you know, before I before I eventually had the ultimate blunder to quit, uh, let me just kind of bring you up to speed through a couple uh, through a couple years and timelines here. So uh, in 2005, you know, I was still probably at the point where winning or losing $500 was a lot of money to me. Now, I realize $500 is a lot of money in general. So I'm not trying to downplay that. But when you become a gambler, you start to like, I guess, like any drug or addiction, your threshold, your dependency, your need, your desire, your addiction increases over time. So while maybe losing $50, the first time I gambled was a ton of money, Pretty soon, it's uh, hey, I have to win or lose 150 before I feel that same rush, uh, and then from there it goes up to 300, then 500, and so on and so forth. So, in uh, in 2005, I remember playing blackjack till probably uh, you know three or four in the morning, 
and uh, I won $1,000, and I had to grind it out to win $1,000. And what that means, for those of you that don't gamble, is I had to sit at a blackjack table for a long, long time. And I was, you know, with a, with a whole shoe, a six-deck or an eight-deck shoe, I'd probably net out $50 a shoe or lose $25 a shoe. And I grinded that out for hours and hours, and I eventually won $1,000. And when I, uh, it was in October of 2005 and I went and I bought a peacoat with, uh, with some of that money. And I just remember thinking like how cool that was that I was able to go buy something I wanted that I wouldn't have bought on my own, but because I had free money, gambling money, what I thought was free money, uh, there's no such thing as free money, but what I thought was free money at the time. I went and I bought a coat with that. And this started a cycle over time of me being able to buy stuff and pay stuff off with gambling dollars. And so, uh, in, um, in those other instances in here, but to hit some of the highlights in, uh, 2006, in August of 2006, I did a comedy show at the Milwaukee, uh, the comedy cafe, in Milwaukee, JD's comedy cafe, which was a super fun club. And at the time, I think I was I was the uh, the opener or the feature. I think my pay for the whole weekend of six shows was maybe like three hundred bucks or something like that. Nothing, nothing uh, monumental. And um, but right down the street from the club was the Potawatomi Casino in Milwaukee. And so I went there right after my show with one of the other comics. And again, we sat there for a long, long time, and I wound up winning three thousand dollars that night. And I remember uh, the other comic also won. Um, a significant amount of money that by the time we cashed out with the money we brought and the money we won, we probably had close to, you know, six or $7,000 between us. And we had to ask for a security guard to walk us out uh, to our car, which is kind of a really, really cool feeling to feel that special. Cut to about a week later, I went back to a casino with that same comedian on an off night of comedy, and uh, I lost $2,200 and uh, he lost close to $3,000. And uh, so again, yeah, you win $3,000 one week, you give 2200 back the next week. And if you're sitting there doing the math going, yeah, but you were still up $800. Now you sound like an addicted gambler because that's how you start to justify those losses. Well, it wasn't my money anyway. What's the big deal? But I remember telling my girlfriend at the time um, that I uh, that I lost the 2200 And I remember her just being livid with me. Like, And we were only dating for maybe three months at that time. And I just remember her going, Vince, do you know what we could have done with that money? And I just remember thinking like, fuck you. What do you mean we? It wasn't your money to begin with. And uh, while, uh, while I still feel convicted in, uh, in being accurate about that particular instance, uh, this whole situation would play out many times in my life in relationships. And I wouldn't always be so right um, in the relationship. And I probably wasn't then either. In uh, October of 2006, I was playing the Skyline Comedy Cafe in Appleton, Wisconsin for the first time, which is an amazing club. It's under different ownership now, but still an amazing club. And it was my first time there. And I, uh, I remember I went to the casino on my own on a Saturday, and I lost uh, $600 there. And um, I, remember, I remember emailing my mom afterwards. My mom was always kind of like my go-to rock and, and uh, you know, would... She would scold me, but also she was un she understood, you know, and, uh, you know, years later we would, we would look back and probably call that enablement, but she was being, you know, what every mom is, you know, sticking up for her child and who she loved very much. And, you know, I love her very much. And it was, uh, 
you know, great, uh, great to have her as a shoulder to lean on. She probably should have uh, set me straight many, many years earlier. And she, bless her, she did try. Uh, and I just wouldn't hear it many times over. But I remember we had a conversation and I just remember emailing her like, why do I always do this? Why do I always do this to myself and feel like this? Why can't I just go without it? And I remember uh, having a day job at the time. And after that moment, I went a full two weeks from paycheck to paycheck without gambling for the first time in probably two years. And I didn't lose one dollar of my paycheck to gambling and I had it all in the bank. And I just remember how great it felt in emailing her, telling her how great that felt to to make this money and put it away and not spend any of it stupidly on gambling. And again, it should have probably been a sign that I needed to calm down, but I didn't. Um, and then other, you know, as time went on, uh, I'm sure there was other instances, but the next one that sticks out, April of 2007, and this was the the big one here that uh, kind of started uh, started me moving into another bracket. In April of 2007, my family and I, my mom, dad, and I went out to Vegas like we did usually once, twice, or three times a year. And I always preferred to go with them over my friends because my friends liked to party and I liked to gamble instead of my parents. And so I always went out to Vegas with them. I remember my friends came out too and uh, they, uh, they also took a trip out there at the same time. And sometimes I'd pal around with my parents and gamble all day. Then I'd go meet with them and party at night and then gamble to all hours of the night. And I remember, um, I brought, I think $1,200 out there with me. And, uh, the first day there, I went down, uh, $1,100 and we went to Bally's casino with my final hundred. I brought myself back to $1,200. Sorry, not 1200. It was 1800. I was in for 1800 and then I had 1700 left and brought myself back to 1800. So at the end of the first day I had lost 1700 and won it back to 1800 and finished the day even. Uh by the next day I lost all 1800 again and uh I had to uh I had to call the bank and have them extend my ATM limit to be able to take out more money. And over the next few I think I was there for 6 days. So over the next few days I was there, I kind of caught back up and won some more money. Well, Cut scene. It's the last day that I'm there. Okay. It's a, uh, it's a Thursday night and we're staying at the Flamingo and I've got $1,200 left on me of the, uh, I think at this point I was in for $3,000 on this trip total and I got 1200 bucks left on me. And, uh, my mindset at the time was you know, even even going into this trip, my I, I wanted to do this. My mindset was I have turned $100 into $1,000 many times you know, it's the same, it's 10 times in your money. I can turn a thousand dollars into $10,000. If I'm, all I'm doing is just betting a higher denomination. I'm still playing the same exact game. It's just having the sack, the balls, the courage, the stupidity to play at a higher amount. And so I was at the Flamingo and, uh, it was maybe, I don't know, let's call it, let's call it midnight at this point. And there was a $100 minimum hand bet double deck blackjack table, meaning it's two decks of cards that they shuffle, which was my favorite kind of blackjack because they're shuffling very, very quickly. So you can get, you can get on a pretty good run, meaning you could win a lot of hands in a row, but then even if you lost a lot of hands in a row, they're shuffling pretty, pretty fast. So, uh, and then you have to bet a hundred dollars a hand to sit at this table and no one's there. It's a Thursday night in the middle of April. Nothing's going on. Nobody's there yet. And so I'm sitting at this table by myself 
and I put $1,200 on the table and I am shaking on the inside because that's the most money I ever intentionally. I know I said I lost $3,000 earlier, but I never had that kind of money on the table all at once. I always kind of like worked my way up to that. So this time I put $1,200 and I'm betting $100 a hand. I'm betting one twelfth of my money a hand. And the first uh, deck in, the first shoe in, I lose, uh, you know, like six to $800. And I'm like, shit. All this money's going to go fast. The next shoe in, I break even. I'm back to my 1200 And I probably did this three or four times where I was either up 200 down 300 whatever, uh, at the end of each shoe. Well, probably like an hour in of grinding this out, I finally had a good little run where towards the end of the shoe, I made like a $200 bet and I split cards and then I doubled down on each of them. So I've got, uh, I've got $800 out on the table and I won the hands. And so at this point, I uh, I just went up 800 bucks, and I think I was already up another few hundred on that shoe. So I'm up $1,000 on, uh, on that shoe. So now I've got 2200 in front of me. And then I grind it out, grind it out, grind it out. Within like the next half hour, I go up to $3,000. Well, then I make like a big bet of like 400 Same thing, split, double down, double down. And I win 1600 bucks in hand. So now I've got like whatever the math is, 4500 I go up to 5000 6000 7000 8,000. I am just winning nonstop fast at this point. Let's call it maybe like two in the morning. I'm up probably 8,000 bucks. I want to get to that 10,000 so bad. And uh, they have sent in a diff- a couple different dealers. And, uh, you know, there, there are times they do this in Vegas just because uh, people change shifts. But uh, there's also times they do this to try and uh, just bring a different karma to the table um, and uh, change something up. And, uh, and I just kept winning. It didn't matter. I remember at one point I tipped $500 on one hand. That's how much I kept winning. And, uh, I'm getting, I'm getting paid in the, uh, lavender $500 chips at this point. And, uh, you know, hundred dollar chips and $500 chips is all that's in front of me. The greens are, are long gone. Well, at this point I have taken my original 1200 that I brought to this table and I shoved it in my pocket and I'm still up seven or eight grand on the table. And, uh, and, I, and I keep betting. Now they've switched decks on me. They change all the cards, bring in new decks. I wait for that. I am still winning. And uh, all of a sudden, some guy shows up at the table with like 100 or $200 in chips. And he's like, can I sit down? And he sits down. Um, and uh, at this point, I, I believe it's what's known as a cooler, where the casino sends somebody in to try and change things up from the player position. Well, in Double Deck Blackjack, they have what is called no mid shoe entry, which means that once you start the deck of cards, anybody else that wants to join the game has to wait for a shuffle to join. So they can't actually break up one of my streaks. And so, uh, he waits till this guy waits until a shuffle and he puts his money up on the table and I take mine off. I'm not about to play with him. And he wins and then loses and loses and he loses his money and he leaves the table and they ask me to come back in. But now they have to shuffle the deck because he just left. So I come back in. I'm winning again. I hit the $10,000 mark, 11000 12000 13000 I'm up $13,500. 
And uh, I call my parents in the room. It's probably three or four in the morning at this point. And I want them to come. I want them to wake up and come see this. Because if I get to the $15,000 mark, what I planned on doing was uh, extending our trip through the weekend because the casino would have comped me rooms and I would have paid to change our flights and, uh, you know, given them, uh, you know, 1500 bucks each to gamble for the next few days. And I'd be a hero because as you heard in the previous podcasts, uh, that's what I liked. I liked, uh, I liked the status of money, but I wanted to get to 15 grand because I needed, I needed, uh, I think I needed like 1800 or, or whatever it was to, to make it and even 3000 to get back to even where I was because I already had 1200 in my pocket. And so that would have taken me for like 15000 would have put me down to, what is that, uh, you know, 13200 And if I was going to give each of them 1500 I still wanted ten grand on me at the end. And so that was kind of like my logic of why I wanted to get to 15000 Well, I never got to 15000 I went from 13,500 back down to 13,000 to 12,500 to 12,000. And uh, over the next hour, hour and a half, I'm slowly losing it back. And uh, this guy who's been watching me forever and was really just annoying me because he was standing behind me and I just don't like people by me. It uh, was like watching and he came up to me and I think I was at uh, maybe 8,500 left. And, uh, and he came up to me and he's like, Hey man, uh, I've been watching you. I've been watching you for a long time tonight. He goes, you did awesome. I want to tell you something now. And here's the truth. You don't know what the fuck you're doing anymore. You're too far gone. You're not even, you're not even thinking the same way you were when you started. He goes, let me tell you something. I played at the same exact table that you're at a week ago. And I won $40,000 at this table. And I gave every fucking dime back. And you're about to do the same goddamn thing. Take your money and get the fuck out of here. Okay, that's what they want. They want you to sit here, take your money, get the fuck out of here. And I was like, I, I wanna, I wanna play more. He goes, fine. You got like eighty five hundred in front of you. Leave, leave five hundred on the table. Go to the, go to the cashier right now. Cash the rest out in cash. Put it in your pocket so you have the cash. Come back and play that five hundred. And I listened to him, except I left a grand on the table instead of five hundred. And I don't know why I listened, but I did. And I went to the, I just to maybe make him shut up. I just appeased him, and I went to the cashier, cashed out. And, uh, and, uh, I came back and I played that other thousand and I lost that thousand in three hands. And he goes, there you go, man, go to bed. And I went upstairs and, uh, you know, the next, uh, within the next few hours, my parents and I were on a plane home and, uh, this guy saved me because I would have definitely given it all back. And, uh, when I got home with all that money, um, cause I had, uh, my original 3000 back and I think I think when it all when all was said and done, I think I had about seventy five hundred on me when it was all said and done. So some of my math may be a little loose here from uh, my memory, but I think I brought home like seventy five hundred bucks. And um, you know, I put the three thousand that I originally brought back uh, back away, and uh, I was up forty forty five hundred fifty five hundred somewhere in there when it was all said and done. And uh, I I went home and I I had just bought a new computer and a new flat screen TV back in 2007 right before I left for Vegas and I bought them both on credit and I paid both of those off immediately so again paying off stuff with gambling winnings thinking I'm a hero uh, which it, which still sounds like an awesome story I came home with you know seven thousand eight thousand dollars well two months later in June I went back because my mindset was, I know how to win $10,000. I did it once, I could do it again. I know what I'm doing. Raised my bar. First night there, first night in Vegas, lost $4,500. 
first night, I had to borrow 500 off my sister because I still had five more nights in Vegas. Off that 500 I borrowed off her, I was able to pay her back. And over the course of the next few nights, I got up to $3,800 back out of the 4500 Now, after five days in Vegas, only being down 700 bucks would seem good. But in my head, I wasn't just down 700 bucks. I was supposed to be up 10 grand. So I'm thinking I've got to get there because that's why I came out here. And you know the rest of this story. I lost that 3800 So I went home down 4500 bucks. I had to borrow money off my parents to pay off my credit card where I took the money out. And then I had to do some comedy shows throughout the month of July that year. And I had to pay them back through all the money I made through comedy. And then I stopped gambling for three months until I went back to Vegas in September. September of 2008, I was playing poker online. I won 13500 coincidentally, again, playing poker online, full tilt poker. I called my new girlfriend, who is now my wife, and I shared with her, after one month of dating with her, that I just won $13,000 playing poker the night before. And when I talked to her five hours later that night, and she asked me a question about it, I had to tell her the truth that I lost all 13500 back. We're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. When I come back, I'm going to talk about my, uh, my biggest bender ever before the one that led me to quitting. So my biggest bender ever happened over the course of several months. So when I was younger, I, uh, I was online and I was playing blackjack online and I won $6,000 and I got paid in cash. And again, when you get paid with that kind of money in cash, you're paying off credit card. You're, I'm going into the bank, paying them cash to pay off a credit card. I'm buying a new guitar. I'm buying clothes. I'm paying for something for somebody else. I'm picking up the tab anywhere I go because money made me feel important. And then a week after I won that $6,000, I thought I could win more. And uh, I lost two grand. And losing two grand, you know, it doesn't seem like a big deal when you just won six grand. Well, again, when you win the money, you spend it fast. And the way it worked online is every week you would start with $2,000 in credit. And at the end of a two-week period, whatever you were up or down from that original $2,000 is either what, they, what the bookie owed you or what you owed the bookie. So if at the end of two weeks, I had $2,500 in my account, they would owe me $500. $2,500 minus the original $2,000 in credit. If I had $1,500 left, I would owe them $500. $2,000 in credit minus $1,500 that I owe them. And, uh, so, uh, and then once you were done with that 2000, you had to wait for that two weeks and wait to pay out till they would replenish you. Well, I lost that $2,000 and, uh, I had a comedy show that I had to do in Iowa. So before I went to Iowa that night, I was like, I'll go to the casino and I lost $1,500 at the casino. So now in the blink of an eye, I'm down 3,500 bucks. And I remember going uh, into my 401k way back when, and, uh, I took the money out of my 401k and uh, paid off that 3500 in my credit card. But now I had to pay back a 401k loan over the course of uh, two years, I think. And uh, the, the next, I got the replenish of the $2,000, lost it again. Got replenished, lost it again. Got replenished, lost it again. I kept losing every two weeks this $2,000 to the tune of, by the time this all faded, like maybe two months later, 
I was down, uh, at one point I was down about, let's call it $8,000 or something. And, uh, and I went, I went to my, my, my family and I said, Hey, I, uh, here's what I did. You know, I screwed up and my family, like, you know, gave me the money and we had the talk, like, don't do this again. Don't screw up again. Like be done gambling. And they gave me the money. And I told them I pay them back and it might take a long time. And they said, whatever, um, you know, no big deal and super great about it again, enabling me, but in the most caring of ways. And, uh, I couldn't deal with that. I couldn't deal with owing like my, my 401k this money with owing them this money. And so I went back and I gambled again and, and racked up more credit cards and lost and lost and lost by the time it was all said and done between the 401k, what I owed my family, what, uh, what I put back out there, I was down $15,000, uh, through all types of forms of credit. And, uh, and I didn't know what to do. And, uh, I, I got the the replenish on there and I was, you know, I'm like, this is terrible. Well, for the first time in months, I won $500 one night on this site after not winning for months and months and months, couldn't even win one night. And I just remember winning 500 bucks. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And I had something to do that night. So I couldn't continue playing. So I had to leave up 500 for that night. Well, the next day I came back and I won $1,000 that next day. So now I'm up $1,500 on this site. And the way this site worked is you could lose all $2,000 in one day. That's how it worked. You can lose however much money you had in your account. You can lose it all immediately. But you can only win $1,000 a day. Once you broke the $1,000 threshold, then the site shut you out until the next, uh, the next day, until midnight hit. And that was the bookies way because these are all independent bookies. These aren't like casino bookies. So that was the bookies way of protecting themselves. Um, of course, they let you lose as much as you can because that benefits them, but they put a cap on the winnings. But um, so I'm up 1500 and then the next day uh, I'm up like 900 for the day and uh, I make like a $300 bet and I win which means I'm up $1,200 and I got booted out. And that's when I saw and noticed the slight glitch in the system that I could actually win more than $1,000. Um, it's just once you eclipse the 1000 mark, you're done. So like once you knew you were getting close, you had to make a bigger bet strategically at the right time because that would allow you to go over. So again, I'm up 900 uh, once I eclipse a thousand, I'm done for the day, but I bet 300. So now I can get 200 over the limit and kind of take the system a little bit. Well, I go on the run of a lifetime. And over the course of that two weeks before everyone had to settle up, I won $15,500. And which means I am up $500 after all of that bullshit. And, uh, I remember, um, just I, I I could not fucking believe what just happened, which is probably the worst thing to happen in the long run because it oh, again it makes me believe that if I just keep going, I will get myself out of trouble, which led to more trouble down the road, which I'll talk about next week in next week's episode, which is my final blunder. But uh, but I win fifteen thousand five hundred dollars, and I have to go back and tell my family, hey, I kept gambling, but good news, I've got your money back, and I'm out of the hole. Which again, how much can people be mad at you when you've dug yourself out of trouble? So as much as it's like, you shouldn't have done that, but good for you. 
But uh, now I got to go collect from the bookie. And I remember the uh, the bookie has uh, what they would call runners, people that collect and, and pay out on their behalf, right? And uh, I think of it like a henchman. And I remember the, um, the uh, runner, the collector uh, called me and uh, it was like, hey, Vince, like, uh, you know, the, the bookie's saying that the way the site is set up, you're only allowed to bet $200 a hand max. And it looks like you've been betting 500 for a while. And so that's not the way the site's set up. And so the, uh, the bookie's going to go back over the past few weeks and whatever bets you made, um, he's, he's going to pay you 200 max per hand. Which I don't know. I don't know what the math would have worked out to, but let's say instead of fifteen five, I would have only wound up wound up being up like seven or eight grand, which would have still been good good money, but it wouldn't have gotten me out of the hole. And uh, I just remember being like, "Hey, what the fuck?" And so I remember like, "You got to play this one delicately because this whole thing's illegal. You're not supposed to be gambling online with a bookie." And so I remember being like, "Well, hey, listen. Over the course of the last two three months, when this happened." I was still also betting that high. And so, uh, you know, if you're going to cap my winnings at 200, you have to go back and you owe me money. You're gonna have to cap my losses at 200 and back pay that. And, uh, which I thought was a pretty fair point. And so, uh, you know, it took, a it took about an extra week and a half, an extra 10 days or so to, uh, to settle this all up, which I thought was just such bullshit because it's just, that that was worse than than that feeling of thinking I might get fucked out of the money was worse than the feeling I felt when I thought I fucking lost the money, and uh, and finally I the, the I'd gone back and forth so many times with this runner that they put me on the phone with the bookie finally the 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 head honcho, and I just had to I just had to be honest with them. I was like hey listen uh, what you and I are both doing we both know is not right, and we need to make it right um, here because we both know it's illegal. So what's happening here, I, I paid, no questions asked, every time I lost, you need to pay me now for the winnings. And we know this is illegal, so it doesn't need to go any further than this. And you're basically kind of threatening like, uh, you know, um, I don't know, getting the, the police involved or something, but you're not actually saying it. And it's an empty threat because the police would just laugh at you for something stupid like that. Like, like it wasn't like a big gambling ring. It was just some low key bookie. Uh, and, uh, and he was a nice guy, by the way, he was a nice guy. He wasn't a jerk, but, uh, he really thought that that's how the site was set up. And so he's like, no, no, Vince, like, I'm not trying to screw you. I'll get to the end of it. And to his credit, he did, uh, I guess the, uh, the site, which was running like Costa Rica or something, uh, he thought he was supposed to be set up like that. And it never was set up like that. So he did go back and see that's how I've been gambling for months and months. So he was like, all right, come meet me, you know, at such and such place. And you're sitting, you're going, wow, this is like, this, this is, this is nuts. I'm about to collect uh, 150, $100 bills. And I remember having to like call my dad and being like, dad, like I, I've gone through some problems with these guys. I don't know what's going to happen. I kind of need you to be, you know, prepared here. You know, uh, in case something happens to me, you kind of need to know where I'm going and uh, what's happening. And um, I remember I got him on the phone and I put him on speakerphone. And I left the phone in my car where the bookie came into my car. 
and uh, I said everything out loud. Hey, thanks for meeting me here. And I said the place out loud and uh, said the guy's name out loud. So my dad can kind of like take down all this information and hear it and everything. And, uh, you know, it all worked out. There was, it didn't go anywhere. Nothing bad happened. So the story ends a little lackluster. Um, I got paid. I paid everything off. And, um, you know, you would think I would learn my lesson. And I did for a little while. And then, of course, the the, the demon comes crawling again and comes back. And, uh, you know, over the course of the next few years, I was able to control most of it. Um, and, uh, at one point over, you know, years down the road, I ended up telling my wife, Hey, I think I got a problem. And I stopped gambling for another 14 months at one point, And then I went back to it. So that's, uh, that's how this one, that's how this one ends winning and losing $10,000 several times. And so, uh, when we, when we come back next week, I'm going to talk about the final meltdown that caused me to stop gambling. I'll give you a little bit of a build up into it and then talk about, uh, how I stopped, what caused me to stop, um, me coming clean to my wife, and then uh, and then me uh, me going to Gamblers Anonymous and reaching out and kind of sharing my journey over the past two years of uh, gambling sobriety. So that's what's going on with that. So check in next week. And uh, in the meantime, uh, comedically, I am working on a new book, uh, a new book. I'm working on a book. I don't have a, an old one, so they're all new. But I'm working on a book um, about my experience as a parent. Uh, comedic book. I am uh, working on writing a new hour of material. I have a new hour that I'm doing on stage since my last album, Vincectomy, came out. And you can check out Vincectomy on uh, on iTunes and Spotify and Pandora and all the uh, all the um, music streaming sites. And you can buy it. And if you want to go on my website, you can buy an autographed copy. And uh, for $20, I'll mail it to you and sign it uh, personalized to you. Uh, but I'm working on a new hour. I've, I've got a new hour I'm doing on stage. Um, it's not at the point where I would go record it, so I'm sure a lot is going to change over the next year or so. And uh, you know, normally this upcoming uh, December or January, I would be when I would try and record a new album a couple years after my last one. But because we had the whole screwy year of uh, of quarantine, didn't get on stage uh, even a quarter of how much I usually do in a normal year. It might take me uh, an extra year before I have an hour that I'm ready to go record again. But if you get to get see a show, I'm performing live shows all over. Check out my website, vincecarone.com. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, like my Facebook page, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, all of those at Vince Carone or slash Vince Carone, depending on how the structure is. You can see uh, new videos, send me questions, read rants on my website, and I'm back out there and I'm ranting all over the country. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your patience as I uh, slowly get back into the podcast game. And I will talk to you next week. Life is a gamble part four, uh, the final, uh, the final blunder.